A lot of us have to learn how to learn again. After so many years of going through the drudgery of public schools and colleges, people are now with so much debt and realizing a lot of the information and skills they acquired don't match what's really needed in today's global economy. A lot of us have been miseducated. Welcome to Sun Chasing Success, a podcast for online entrepreneurs, authors, and influencers worldwide. We're here to enhance your quality of life while helping you build location-independent businesses. We connect listeners with guests, insights, and discussions from the sunny coasts of the USA to the crystal blue waters of the Caribbean islands. Fascinating dialogue from the enchanting beaches of Brazil to the majestic shores of Africa. Each week we deliver specialized knowledge, wisdom, strategies, and tips to enhance your success, freedom, and fun under the sun. Now, here's your host, Bayo Oloronto. This is Sun Chasing Success Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs all over the world get more sun in their life by providing wisdom, strategies, and tools. We help you establish and grow your location-independent business, create passive income online, and bring you more freedom, success, achievement, fun, and fulfillment under the sun. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Sun Chasing Success. On this episode, we're going to give you tips on how to learn faster, retain more info, and boost your problem-solving and mental decision-making skills. We'll explore accelerated learning, how to read, retain, and memorize important info. Finally, we're going to talk about the fundamentals of problem-solving and decision-making. Of course, this episode is going to be epic. So ladies and gentlemen, it's time to be a learning machine. I'm Bio, and this is Sun Chasing Success. All right, let's get this started. So education, education is such a huge topic. Uh, You know, it's so important as well, right? Everybody needs to learn. And more importantly, everybody needs to learn how to learn. I think that we've kind of accepted education for what it is in various parts of the world that, oh, this is just school. You go to school and this is, you know, this is the what you should do. You should go to this school. You should get this information and then that gets you to college. While the structure is in place and it's very important that children go to school and higher education is important, I do think that uh, it's important that we reevaluate what goes on in the educational setting. Now, I'm not, I'm definitely not a, uh, a person to bash education by any, any means uh, in terms of uh, the importance of education or just say that, you know, everybody can be an entrepreneur because it's, it's really not true. Some people really need a structure of a system and they need uh, to, to achieve success with some kind of uh, predictable pattern. And that would be in the, in, the, in the lines of engineers, doctors, scientists, mathematicians, uh, attorneys. But then there's also a, a component where we need to be uh, having an education that's well-rounded as well. And there's a lot of confusion in education circles nowadays. But, you know, just a little bit on my backstory, I've always valued education. Both of my parents were teachers. 
And so there was kind of a double-edged sword to that. Uh, one is that they always value books and I always made sure that I was reading and they always enforced me reading and learning something. But on the downside of that, they were business-wise more on the employee mindset. And the employee mindset, it's tough to, it clashes with the business mindset and the entrepreneurial mindset. As you know, if you've read Robert Kiyosaki's books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, you have employee, self-employed, business owner, investor. And depending on which paradigm we grew up in, a lot of times that shapes our approach toward how we view education and business and success. Um, but, you know, for me, at the minimum, I think that by learning how to learn at an early age, you know, I was able to harness the power of reading and writing and books. And I learned so then later when I had the desire to learn about business in the real entrepreneurial uh, aspects of business, I was able to then apply my ability to read to just learn the business concepts, learn the professional concepts, learn the entrepreneurial concepts. I think, unfortunately, a lot of people, uh, I think there's even a statistic that uh, a large portion of Americans still are illiterate if you can really believe that, I think it's like about 40 some million Americans are actually illiterate. Now, there's, it's not to say that they can't do an entrepreneurial uh, venture if they're illiterate, but it's going to be a lot harder. Uh, business involves legal aspects. It involves uh, messaging and marketing and all kinds of other aspects. So we should do that and take, take uh, learning and education very seriously. But we also have to acknowledge the changing times of technology. Just like I'm doing this podcast here, there are different formats to deliver information and take in information. So nowadays we have podcasts, we have YouTube, we have books, ebooks. Some people learn from video games and virtual reality and all kinds of uh, events and experimental entertainment, marketing. Um, there's all kinds of settings that people can learn in. So regardless of how we're learning, we have to just look at it like, okay, what information is going in my brain and how am I using this information? If you're just zoned out playing a video game for five hours and it's just like a repetitive like a sport game or some other kind of shoot 'em up game and you're not really gaining any, any type of insight aside from how to push a button faster, then you're not, you're not, you can't, you can't use that as an excuse and say, oh, this video game is making my brain sharper, when in reality, it's dulling your intellectual abilities and your responses, you know? So if we want to survive in the next decade, we have to decide how, what are the best ways to learn? Because we also know that the school systems, uh, in the, the historical sense, were designed for industrial workers. So they were designed to train people to work in an industrial setting. So you can't necessarily, as an entrepreneur, fall back on a lot of the education that's in school. And many of us already know that and we've already experienced that. So we're going to have to do some things differently to survive in the next decade, from 2020 to 2030 and then beyond. 
And the way we got to do that is we have to change our relationship with learning and education. Now, I, I am a proud college dropout because uh, I went to college for first at the first university I went to, Vanderbilt University. I went for three years and then uh, my father fell into some really deep debts uh, trying to trade on Wall Street. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. Want a free guide to secrets of success under the sun? Visit onoronbooks.com slash success and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your email inbox. So basically, my dad was an English professor and he fell into some deep debts in the uh, dot-com boom in the years about 2000, 99, 2000. And I was like leveraged out trying to go to this university, Vanderbilt University, that had a tuition of $30,000 a year trying to play grants, student loans, scholarships, and I was studying the wrong material. I was studying biological sciences and molecular biology because I had all these family members telling me, yeah, you need science and math to fall back on. You know, you need this. You have to do this in college. So I had to backtrack from that as an individual. And so I left that school when I realized I was going to have to take out a lot, a lot more student loans in order to stay there. Now, in, in hindsight, I could have done that differently and, and all of those things, but I don't regret it at all because some magic happened. When I left that school, I went to another school, a state school called Austin P University, which was uh, Austin P State University, which was nearby in Clarksville, Tennessee. And uh, I tried to do the same stuff there. I thought, okay, well, I'll just kind of take these courses on a state school level, smaller classes and things like that. And science also kicked my ass there too. So that, that the first realization about college after three and a half years deep into it, oh, I should start studying what I learned. Like I had disciplined myself so hard. Like I wasn't going out anywhere. I was like a monk. And I had met a friend of mine named Roz. We were meditating and doing martial arts and I was studying like uh, organic chemistry. And my mom thought I was turning into a monk because I didn't do anything else. And when I when I struggled and I did all of that and like I, I got a C in organic chemistry and maybe a B in physics, uh, I realized that my career would not revolve around science. And that's not a bad thing because I learned my limitations in terms of that particular expertise for me. And now I'm leveraging my expertise, which is communication, words, language, persuasion, sales, marketing, all of the things that are very important for being an entrepreneur. And it wasn't until my mother had come up to me and said, you know, maybe it is you should just do something that you're good at for a change because she saw me beating my head up against the wall. Now, when I did that at the state, at the state school, it was lovely that first semester. I was taking communication classes, psychology classes, I was taking everything that I felt like I wanted to learn, like marketing, psychology, communication, some business classes. And it was pretty good. I think I got straight A's that semester. But I would find myself sitting in the college classroom, like in an English class or an accounting class, just staring out the window, <laughs> just daydreaming, literally just staring out the window and thinking about a book I read or something I saw online about an entrepreneur or about some business idea in real estate I had, or about something that one day I could maybe sell. 
And I just kept running into these walls. And that state school told me, they said, look, in order for you to graduate, you need to take all these courses. You need to take this state mandated Tennessee history. You need to take uh, recreational courses. You need to do all these courses. And they calculated that I would be in college an additional two years after the four that I'd pretty much at that point already been on. So I said, you know what? I thought about it a lot and I, I weighed the risks and the alternatives in, in my own particular mind. And I said, you know what? That's enough. I, I'm out. So I basically dropped out of that college and I spent the rest of that semester studying how to get into real estate in the D.C. area. And I left that uh, Tennessee and went to that area. But so I did have four years of college experience. So I don't want to I don't want to glorify dropping out of college for for students that might want to go to college and, and better themselves. Uh, so because I did have four years of college, it's just that because of the bureaucracy and the politics of these colleges that I got caught in the mix of based on the finances, based on the course requirements and credits and all that. And I didn't really have good uh, mentors to navigate me through that. I just checked out of it and focused on my own goals and dreams. So uh, some people might not ever go to college. Some people might go to college and realize it's not for them. Some people might go to college, graduate, it's the best thing they ever did in their life. But I will say this, since I went to that Vanderbilt University where the tuition was $30,000 a year, now the tuition is like $50,000 a year. So wait a minute, 20 years ago, the tuition was $30,000 a year and now the tuition is $50,000 a year? So we look at college and what it really is, it starts to get to this point where uh, we're paying for something or putting ourselves in debt for something that doesn't really have the economic payoff that it, it did up until the 90s, basically through the 70s, 80s and 90s, as, as my parents and others uh, used it to achieve like these jobs. Okay, you have a set salary and everything. And now in 2020, we have 40 million Americans unemployed. And many people in other countries, in Africa and Brazil and other countries in, in the Caribbean islands and things like that, are gravitating toward online businesses. So that's really important. Um, so for me, though, like I vowed that when I left college, that that my actions would have to back up my knowledge, you know, so that I wanted to, I vowed to myself that I would never be without a book in my face for the rest of my life. That's extreme. And not everybody has that type of vision or discipline or willpower. But I can say in the last 20 years, that's basically how my life has been. I don't even know how many books I've read. I know it has to be over a thousand now at this point, uh, because I'm talking about year in and year out, week in and week out, always books in my face because I knew that I would be competing with people that did have positions and status and degrees from prestigious universities and things like that. And I didn't ever want to be in a situation where I was ignorant because I made a decision in my 20s about not going, uh, continuing with college. Now, what happened is interesting, though. Um, Basically, I built and tore down books and books of libraries in my years and moving and things like that. And what's interesting after a while is my desire for knowledge and information never went away. 
and it fueled my abilities. And then I had the ability to apply knowledge, get the feedback and reapply knowledge. And I think that's what's missing with a lot of people with entrepreneurship. A lot of people will read books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad or The 4-Hour Workweek and all these other books, but they don't understand how to take the baby steps to apply some of the information and then see how it's working and then be comfortable if it doesn't work. Be comfortable with the failure. Um, So, you know, a lot of us get stuck with this not continuing our educational process because You know, a lot of people just make the excuse that they don't have the time to to read and apply all this information. If you have a stable job or if you're making a stable amount of income, uh, you might have to read on your off hours or your lunch breaks or uh, things like that. But the, the thing about it is this. If you want a life of success under the sun, which is, you know, sun chasing success and secrets of success under the sun. And, you know, I know that you can do a lot of things without without knowledge. You can accumulate fame. You can accumulate success and money without knowledge. But guess what? As soon as you do, somebody with knowledge will come and do a transaction with you. And that person's going to walk away with the money and you'll walk away with the lesson. <laughs> so and you might have what you traded it for and a lesson. So the second lesson is remember knowledge and information are what drive the economy truly. Think about this. If Google, Amazon, uh, Facebook and Apple are facing antitrust hearings, why is that? Why are they under such scrutiny? It's because they are operating at a positional economic and information advantage to the rest of the world. To all of us individual Uh, human beings and entrepreneurs, they have this tremendous information and data and knowledge advantage about us. While we're sitting in front of our computer playing with social media, they are extracting data and information and insights and using algorithms to measure our behavior. And we know nothing about them. Many of the entrepreneurs that own these businesses, they're uh, able to make broad decisions that affect our lives and we have not a lot of control about it now because we're so plugged in. Another issue a lot of us are facing is that a lot of us simply don't believe that we have what it takes to educate ourselves. So if you haven't already, I covered this in the episode three about mindset, about how to program your mind for success. So, you know, it's very important that to compete There's two things I like to say to compete in today's um, information economy, digital economy. We have to access information that's important and relevant, and we have to access information that is cheaper. What I mean by that is we need to figure out what we need that's going to move the needle forward in whatever we're doing. And we need to figure out how to get it at the lowest cost to us in terms of time, energy and money in order to apply it. Uh, Because, you know, there are also a lot of people preying on the fact that we have ignorance in certain areas. So they're charging a lot of 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 cost, a high barrier for entry for information that might even be somewhat 
uh, free if you just spend a little effort to find it. So there's a lot of confusion about what information do we need to pay for and what information do we need to just be able to access for free. And it seems counterintuitive when we have people paying more for college education, but they're like, for example, Harvard tuition is almost 50000 a year, too. And it's like you're paying more for college education, but then the output of that college education is a lot less now. So to me, that's absurd. You know, as college students, we were sold the idea that these prestigious colleges were these brands and the end all be all of success. But now with this increasingly expensive education, it's like that information is being dangled in front of people's faces, but it's really available, a lot of it on the Internet. Sometimes some textbooks at college and university are obsolete by the time they hit the student's hands. So why am I paying for, for a class and a university with a textbook that's obsolete from what's really going on in the marketplace? And I think that's what we're dealing with now. So, you know, um, the, 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 the professors and the students are kind of like in this mix up of trying to do all this busy work. But, you know, sometimes the students aren't even doing the coursework like I was in that, that phase, not even doing the coursework that's meaningful to them. And then the professors are just kind of sometimes doing it just to get a paycheck. So they don't really care if the student's learning or not. And it just creates a big mess. So, you know, when it comes to like all of us coming out of that environment and then we want to start an online business, um, a lot of us, we get stuck in terms of because, see, the thing about it is like old fashioned entrepreneurship. If you say start a lemonade stand or sell T-shirts on the street or something like that, it's pretty straightforward, right? You get a product for a lower cost. You go, you get, you mark it up and you go somewhere where the people that want it are and you sell it. Well, online marketing and business is the same, but the only, only challenge or difference is, is that you have to create a lot more in order to reach a person digitally than if you're just standing in their face on the street. So imagine this, you have to understand a little bit about advertising, a little bit about blogging, a little bit about copywriting, um, pay-per-click advertising, a little bit about design, the ideas of e-commerce, shopping carts, email marketing, Facebook, um, you know, all of these search engine optimization tactics, uh, affiliate marketing, partnering with people, how to build relationships with uh, like-minded like people in your, your industry online and virtually, building virtual teams, outsourcing. So what happens is, is that, you know, we got to this point where we, we, we know what we want and, and we see freedom on the other side of an online business, but we're not as organized with the information that we have access to. And it's kind of funny when I think about it, like uh, I, I was just coming out of high school around 90, 98 was when I graduated from high school. So I, I basically, the in internet was launched when I graduated. Basically, it was entering into its, its birth as I graduated high school. So I've been kind of parallel with it the whole time. 
And some of you are a lot younger. You probably don't even think about that. Like, what would it be like in a world without the Internet? And then some of you who are older, you know what the world was like before the Internet. And there's a lot of things that were positive back then that were really good about about just having that kind of uh, more realistic communication with people. But then you can see how fast things have, have turned because of the Internet. So, you know, it's a double edged sword. We can't say that new technology is good or bad, but it could be bad if we use it the wrong way. It could be good if we use it the right way. Um, but I think there's two very, very important factors. There's two very, very important factors when it comes to learning uh, in today's world. And I'll, I'll leave you with these two factors. And I'll, I'll go into a little bit more detail if I can. This one is going to be a little bit longer episode because this is a deep topic. Basically, these two factors are deep reading, which is uh, when you read, you listen to a book word for word in its entirety, you know, and deep reading is all about balance. You know, it's more for understanding humanity and life and our world in general. Right. And then the second is information intelligence gathering, where your goal is basically to get the how to's, the details, the one, two, three, the ABC of a process or a protocol or something that you're going to do. Okay, so let me go into deep reading first. So deep reading is when, you know, you're just trying to understand something, okay? Or you're trying to gain knowledge or philosophy about something. So that could be ethics, philosophy, politics, power, religion, spirituality, psychology, love, relationships. See, to me... These type of books are these. Now, first of all, I don't want you to. I think one of the problems we have is a lot of people just shove all the deep reading to the side, and all they are is like reading the how to stuff. I think that both are incredibly important because you have to understand humanity and have a philosophy about living, regardless of how technological or digital our society is, or regardless of what country you're in. You have to understand humanity. You have to, in order to sell anything, you got to understand human beings. So deep reading is essential. But these are the type of books that I really now am leaning a lot more toward on Audible and just basically listening to these books when I'm exercising or walking or working out. So that's a, if that's a helpful tip for you, that's what I recommend because if you don't have time to read per se, do your deep reading when you're on the go because a lot of the, the, the concepts in these type of books, you don't need a pencil and paper, one, two, three. You just need to hear. It's like it's like a friend telling you a story that happened and you're learning the wisdom from what they did or didn't do right or wrong or uh, like uh, understanding power or uh, like Robert Greene's book, uh, Human Nature and things like that. That's the stuff you want to listen to, because as you're listening to these books, you will you will be able to reflect on them in the world around you. And it's very good for the deep reading component. If you can sit down and you have the time to read a book page by page, the tactile sense of reading a book or like a, a Kindle reader or an ebook reader or even through your iPhone or iBooks is still good too. But that's just when you're focused on the text and you're reading. 
Now, the second example of intelligent information gathering, uh, this is a skill kind of like I differentiated this because I started noticing the difference between the two. Uh, intelligent information gathering is when you really need something and you need to know how to do something like, how do I set up a website? How do I invest in cryptocurrency? How do I uh, launch a podcast? How do I do this, this, and that? And this is that one, two, three step process. And usually this type of information is really good for the search engines because that's what they feed on. And you can access the information of all these people all over the world who have done what you're trying to do. And so you, you know, like for example, you're looking for a website, like which host is the best? Which domain provider is the best? How do you back it up? How do you generate income from a website? See, these are intelligence gathering questions. So it's just important that you do both. You have to, you have to take them both seriously and balance them out. How to information is, is stuff that's going to get you through doing things, but it needs to be balanced with the deep reading in order to create an understanding about how to go about and maybe why to make certain decisions or not. You know, it, it's been said that, you know, you know, it's been said that a lot of people are afraid of artificial intelligence taking over jobs and that even there's an article that by 2022, um, jobs are going to be replaced by like about 20 million jobs in the United States are going to be replaced by robots. And I thought about that as well. And with 40 million Americans out of work, um, millions of Brazilians out of work and many Africans struggling as well, uh, you wonder, well, how would that really work out? You know, if, if so many robots just took over. And a lot of people are afraid by that. And my, my solution for that, though, is interesting. It came from a video I was watching uh, with a student of mine uh, that takes English from me here in Brazil. And I, I was reading this, uh, this title, and I was like, very interesting. It's My View on Artificial Intelligence by Sadhguru, who is uh, he's a, a spiritual guru from India. And he basically just made it very simple. His view is like, you know, intelligence is infinite within our consciousness, within our souls. So he's not really worried about artificial intelligence because it, it can't really be replicated. You can't just replicate the universal intelligence that created everything that is. So the, the only people who are really worried about artificial intelligence are those who used to use information as a power grab and dangle degrees and make big price barriers in front of our faces like the prestigious universities as an ego play that they would do that, that they went to this university, have this degree, and now they are worth more money because they know more. So we've been in that paradigm all my whole lifetime uh, from the 80s and 90s. And even before then, that paradigm worked very well. But now in 2020, I don't believe the paradigm of I went here and I got this information, therefore I'm worth more. It just doesn't work anymore in 2020. We have people that are kids that put up a video and they're worth millions of dollars now just by putting up a few videos. So uh, information now is more like about, about intelligence in terms of information gathering. 
But the other challenge we have is we're also in, even as far as being in a pandemic, what we learn is that we're also in an infodemic because we have more information that we could even learn in a million lifetimes. So, I mean, you have to think about it. Like at some point we have to prioritize the information and what we need. I mean, even sitting outside in nature in the sun is just as educating as trying to figure out a math problem. See, there's a, there's, a, there's a wisdom and a free intelligence that's provided to us by nature, and a lot of us don't tap into it. The sun gives you free intelligence into your body naturally because the better that your body functions, the better your brain functions. So I was kind of like, as I was coming across these, uh, these concepts in my own mind and thinking about things and, and weighing ba back and forth, I realized that uh, it's really important to um, decide what is needed in the immediate moment. And I would say, I would really suggest people make a list of things you want to know. Like, if you want to know how to start a website, start there. If you want to know how to build a business, start there. If you want to know how to, to write or create something, start there. Whatever subject matter brings you curiosity, you should seek how to learn that. Now, if you have a why question, like, like if it's a how-to question, that's what you're going to use for your information gathering. If it's a why question, try to stay away from just only Google for that. Yes, Google can bring you people who have videos, who have answers to some of your deep questions about life and things like that. But try looking in some books because sometimes what happens is when, when someone has written something in a book, the level of thought and care that they put into the thoughts there can bring you a little bit more fundamental balance in terms of your thinking. So even like books like the Quran or the Bible or 48 Laws of Power or Human Nature by Robert Greene or like books like Machiavelli the Prince, you want to know what, why are people greedy? Those would be the books that you would look at, you know? Uh, so it, when it comes to the how-to questions, how do I set up my website? Then you just go to Google or you go to YouTube. Oh, there's 30 videos on how to set up a website. And you just follow suit and you figure it out based on those instructions. So, but if you, if you only focus on the how-to information, then you're never really going to have enough wisdom to understand why you're doing what you're doing and connecting with people. So the key is to have both. We need the deep internal wisdom and we need the strategies and tactics. And I think all you should, if you're doing homeschooling for your kids, if you're doing, um, you know, your own self-education program in 2020, make sure you have a, a component on, we could even say the humanities, the deep learning, the deep reading of humanities. And you could include the basic math and science and, uh, and grammar and logic with that. And then you got to have the learning how to learn abilities, the strategies and tactics to survive and thrive in a digital global economy, because you're going to need both. Children will need both. Now, you don't want to be <laughs> that fool that doesn't know how to enjoy life. You know, you don't want to be so achievement driven that you're just like focused on numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers and numbers. 
followers and subscribers and numbers and money and revenue and numbers that you get to the end of your life and you just die having just chased only numbers your whole life as a workaholic. That's not uh, a way to live either. So humanities and, and deep reading and learning help you balance out both. But uh, I'm going to conclude there. So those are my final conclusions on where to focus your self-education in 2020. Of course, there's a lot more to this topic. I'll leave you with a few books that are really cool that you could check out. The First 20 Hours, How to Learn Anything Fast by Josh Kaufman. The Art of Learning by Josh Waiskin. And Mind Maps by Tony Buzan. Those are those are three powerful books. And I'm going to put a few more in the show notes. Remember to participate in the Sun Chaser Challenge. Take your favorite photos, relax and max and soaking up the sun. And tag them with the hashtag Sun Chaser Challenge. And you can also hashtag Sun Chasing Success if you like what you're hearing on this podcast. As always, I'd like to thank all of you, my loyal listeners all over the world. May the light shine bright within you and you continue to be your best. And I'd like to finally conclude by saying, you know, if you haven't already, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Olerun Books. For all the transcripts, show notes, links to resources we've discussed here, including any books, videos, websites, tools, resources, visit olerunbooks.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, keep shining your light, Sun Chasers. Thanks for listening. Hey, everyone, this is Bio again. Just a few more things. I want to remind you to keep tuning in every week. On the next show, we're going to be discussing some of the specifics of websites and social media, some of the mechanics you need to set up anything you need to to take your business to the next level online. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter, and if you'd like more weekly updates on many of the topics we've discussed on this show, you can do so by downloading a copy of Secrets of Success Under the Sun at olerunbooks.com forward slash success. Until next time, Sun Chasers, cheers to your success. Thanks for joining us this week on Sun Chase and Success. Make sure to visit our blog at www.olerunbooks.com slash blog. Again, that's O-L-O. R-U-N-Books.com slash blog. You can also subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, any of your favorite platforms, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on your preferred platform. Or you can simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out too. If you like this show, you might want to check out Bio's ebook. Secrets of Success Under the Sun. It's available at olorunbooks.com success. Subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Until next time, Sun Chasers, cheers to your success.